This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey, good morning, C3. It is great to have you with us online this morning to experience C3 uh, together. I want you to know that I miss you and, and I look forward to seeing you hopefully very soon. But this morning, we're we're continuing our series in the Beatitudes, and as we do that, if you've never been to C3 before, if you've never joined us online, I just want to personally say to you, welcome. We are glad that you're here with us today. We're glad you're experiencing this with us today, and we want you to know in the life of C3, you really do matter to us. Every single person matters, and at C3, we believe every single person we lock eyes with is deeply loved by God and should be deeply loved by us, and so We're glad you're with us today, and I want to ask you a question. In fact, I'd like to ask everybody a question. Why do some people find it hard to give things away? Why for some is it just difficult for them to give things away, and yet others, it seems to just come naturally? I think one of the reasons is for those that it it seems like it's easy, often they have a lot of stuff, and the stuff didn't really cost them much compared to their resources. And so they have the ability, it's no problem at all. It's like if in your office, beside your desk, there is a 50-gallon barrel of cheese puffs. And if someone walks by and says, hey, can I have a cheese puff? You would say, absolutely, take a few. They cost like one cents a piece. Take 12, and they're more puffed than cheese, and there's a ton of them. So go ahead and take one. But if you were to ask me, hey, can I have your F-150? No, <laughs> absolutely not, because I only have one, and compared to my resources, it costs me a lot. And you might say, well, that's not very Christ-like. I don't know. Do we know that he drove an F-150? I've never read that anywhere. I don't know that he was ever asked to give it away, so we can't be sure about that. I don't know that it doesn't make me Christ-like if I won't give you my F-150. Today, we're going to look at just one verse, the next in the line of Beatitudes. And remember, Beatitudes, it speaks of teachings of Jesus. This was his most popular message he ever spoke. And in this message, he gives us the ingredients to live a beyond happy life, to live a a fully fullness in happiness kind of life. And, And who better would know how to live our best life than God who created us to live that life? And in this one verse, what we're going to discover, the quality Jesus talks about today, he actually says, if you have this quality, if you make sure this ingredient is in your life, you'll actually have more of it in your life. What he's saying is, the more you give it away, the more you'll have it. Often, we tend to approach the Word of God in a way where we we kind of can pick and choose what we like, and if we're not careful, we can do the same thing in Matthew chapter 5 with the Beatitudes. We can look at them and say, okay, I think I want number three and number six, but the rest I'm not worried about. But you can't look at it like this. These are different layers of the same thing. They are all ingredients that only work when you combine them together. It's the totality of everything Jesus is talking about that brings that kind of unique happiness beyond happiness into our lives. And so it's not a, it's not a pick and choose. It takes all of these. And today, We're talking about mercy. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And so here's what that means. You get what you give. 
you get what you give. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So the natural question that comes out of that verse is, how good are you at giving mercy? How good are you at forgiving when you've been hurt deeply? How good are you at letting go? How good are you at not throwing that back in the person's face over and over and over again? How good are you at overlooking and not bringing it up? How good are you at making the deliberate choice of self-control and internal discipline of when that pops in my head, I'm going to kick it out because I said I would forgive you and I meant it. I'm going to show you mercy. How good are you at that? I've had to ask myself this week, how good am I at that? See, sometimes, sometimes mercy doesn't even get to the point of forgiving. Sometimes mercy in some scenarios is just not punching someone in the throat. Sometimes, sometimes mercy is just, hey, I'm going to make sure there's no blood. I'm just going to walk away right now. I'm not going to engage on this level. Sometimes that is mercy. But one thing we know, we can't really give mercy until I recognize that I have a huge barrel of overflowing mercy that God is applying to my life on a daily basis. Mercy, technically, mercy is holding back what we deserve. Mercy holds back what we deserve. If you look at this passage, Jesus is going to go through these ingredients. If you want a completely happy life, an overflowing happy life, these are the ingredients you have to put together. It's one recipe. It takes all of them. And notice what he says. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Then he says, blessed are those who mourn. Then he says, blessed are the meek. Then he says, blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness. Then he says, blessed are the merciful. Then he goes to blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are you when people insult you. So out of these nine different ingredients under eight different themes, the the one in the middle is mercy. Everything is anchored and pivots on mercy. Mercy is at the center of of everything Jesus is teaching in this passage. But not only here, it's a continual theme throughout the Scripture. You go Old Testament to Micah chapter 8. The Bible says, And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. Act in a way that you honor God with your life, with my life. We're to live lives that honor God and honor people, where we're loving toward people. We're to do that. But we're not to do it in a way where where we don't walk humbly. You and I have to understand that there is one God and we are not him. There's one God and he is in control. And if it weren't for his mercy in my life, I would be nothing. So act justly, walk humbly. But again, what do we find in the center that everything is hinged to? Love, mercy. Mercy is to be something in our lives as Christ followers that is contagious. We are to love mercy. We don't love what got us to the place of having to show mercy. We don't love the pain that took us there when we have to forgive someone or we have to let something go. But we do love the opportunity when it comes to exercise that spiritual discipline of man. I just want to love mercy. And why do we love mercy? Because I love it when you give me mercy. Mercy is that thing that We want everybody to give it to us, but it's very hard for us to give it to everybody. If you have a hard time giving mercy, if you're a follower of Jesus, it means you don't understand how much you've been given. Mercy is what holds back the wrath of God from our sin. 
Mercy is what holds back the judgment of God. Mercy is the love of God saying, hey, I've got you. I've got that. I'll cover that. It's taken care of. Jesus paid for that. It's all good. And to think about the things that God has forgiven and continues to forgive me for and will forgive me. I will never have to forgive anyone else for anything greater than what God has forgiven me and continues to forgive me for. Ephesians chapter 2 says, And now God can always point to us as examples of how very, very rich His kindness is as shown in all He's done for us through Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's the kindness of God, and part of that kindness is exemplified and shown to us in how God shows us mercy. The Bible says it was my sin and your sin that was the reason that Jesus had to be murdered on a cross as a payment for that sin. My sin. Not what people that I don't like how they're acting do. Not what people that have hurt me do. Not, not the people that I might classify as bad people or good people. Not, no, my sin. My junk is what Jesus had to pay for. That's mercy. But mercy, we, we find in this text, Jesus is clearly explaining, mercy is transactional. What does that mean? You get what you give. Very simple. Blessed are the merciful, merciful, for they will be shown mercy. One of the most powerful, one of the most healing qualities. If your marriage is in a place where it needs healing, mercy is the antidote. If you have a relationship with one of your kids and, and there's been some friction there, one of the most powerful, one of the most healing qualities is showing mercy. We tend to wait for other people to go first, but that's not what Jesus says in this passage. Somebody's got to stand up and have the courage to say, I'll do the tough thing. I'll do the difficult thing. I'm not going to throw stuff in your face. I'm not going to bring stuff up anymore. I'm going to forgive you. And when it pops in my mind, I'm going to forgive again. When you relive, forgive. When you relive, forgive. I'm going to deal with Jesus and ask him to help me forgive, but, but I'm going to let you off the hook. If you want true happiness in your life, give more mercy through your life. It will lessen conflict. It will, it will create less stress. It will remove some of the pressure that you and I feel because often when we're not giving mercy, what we're doing is we're replaying in the video of our mind that thing over and over and over and over again. We don't go to the highlights of what happened. We go to the lowlights of what happened and we play over and over again how they hurt us, what they said about us, what they did to us and over and over again. And as we focus on that, the stress increases and the pressure increases and I feel overwhelmed and I feel angry and I feel sometimes some rage and the person that initiated and did what created that is sleeping just fine. If you want more happiness in your life, give more mercy through your life. See, man, that, that just feels impossible. It is. That's why really only followers of Christ who have received the mercy that God can give us and when we recognize what we actually truly deserve, only followers of Christ truly have the ability because of the Spirit of God in us to show mercy and to give mercy. It's something supernatural that takes the Spirit of God working in my life. Notice Proverbs chapter 11. Kindness is rewarded, but if you're cruel, you hurt yourself. If you don't show mercy, if you're harsh, Think about revenge. You think about how you're going to treat somebody. If you, if you live like that, you're just hurting yourself. 
so how can I, I get this? I'm listening to this on a Sunday. How, how does this verse work on Monday? How do I do this on Thursday? What does this look like practically in my life? How can I show mercy? There are a few ways. First, be a help to those who are hurting. Be a help to those who are hurting. Because you get what you give, and there are going to be moments and days in your life that you're going to be hurting. And you're going to want people to show you mercy, and you're going to want people to give you the benefit of the doubt, and you're going to want people to understand, hey, I know it's Monday. I know they said that thing, but they're just having a hard time. Be a help to those who are hurting. Ask the question to people you're close to. Hey, I know you're hurting right now. Is there anything I can do to help? I'll be praying for you, but practically speaking, even beyond that, man, one of the things I love to do and try to do in my own life is, is man, I want to pray for people, but I also want to ask God as much as possible, help me be the answer to those prayers. So I want to be praying for you, but, but what can I do to help? Is there anything you need? Be a help to those who are hurting. It's a way we can show mercy. You get what you give. Proverbs chapter 3 says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. And right now, when you, when you read that, when you look at that, you think, my list just shrunk. There aren't that many people that really deserve help because as I look around, that's their fault and that's his fault and that's her fault. And if she wouldn't have acted like that and he wouldn't have said that, never walk away from someone who deserves help. That, that's easy. I'll decide who deserves help. No, scripture continues. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Don't tell your neighbor. And remember, who's our neighbor? Every single human being. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan New Testament where Jesus lays it out? Every person you lock eyes with is your neighbor. So every person you lock eyes with, whether you classify them as better or worse than you, is deeply loved by God. They're your neighbor, and they deserve help because they are loved by God. Angie has a little three-pound chihuahua. And I, I'm not a fan. If you were to ask me, hey, do you, do you want to get a dog? How, how about a chihuahua? Not on your life. I have no desire to have a chihuahua. I have a chihuahua for one reason. I love my bride. And because she loves that dog, if it's stuck outside, I'll help it. If it needs some food and, and she's somewhere and she's, you know, meeting with a friend for lunch or something, hey, can you do this for the dog? I'll do it. Because I love her. When we love God, we understand. Man, we love people. Never walk away from someone who deserves help. Who deserves it? Every neighbor. Look for that opportunity because you can be God's hand for that person. How can I show mercy? The second way. Be kind to those who haven't been kind. Because remember, you get what you give. Be kind to those who haven't been kind. Be, be kind to those who it's hard to be kind to. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6 says, But love your enemies. Do good to them. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because He is kind, God is kind, mercy to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So if you call yourself a Christ follower, if I call myself a Christ follower, that means I follow the teachings of Christ. It means I follow the example of Christ who was kind to people who were not kind to Him, who shows mercy to people that don't show mercy to Him. As followers of Jesus... Part of our mission, part of our calling, and often part of our ministry is that we give people what they need, not what they deserve. And people don't need more condemnation. We condemn ourselves over and over again every day through things we say to ourselves. People don't need to feel like they've blown it beyond repair. People don't need to feel like it's hopeless. They already feel that way. 
Give people what they need. And the greatest need in any single person's life is to know that they are deeply loved by God and that he wants to know them in a personal way. How can I show mercy? There's a third way. Show kindness to those who are offensive. Admittedly, this one is tough. They all are. But show kindness to those who are offensive? Yeah, because, because you get what you give. And, and if you're highly offended by someone's opinion and yours is different, they're probably offended by yours. Notice what Ecclesiastes chapter 7 says. Do not pay attention to every word people say. Some of you need to stop right now. You need to go write that on your bathroom mirror in all caps with lipstick so it doesn't wash off easily. You need to write it on an index card and put it in your car. Better yet, just take something and carve it into your dashboard. Do not pay attention to every word people say. Some of you need to have something on your computer, laptop, phone, so that where you look at social media. Do not pay attention to every word people say. Or you may hear your servant cursing you. You know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. People talk bad about people. It's what happens. A lot of people talk bad about people. And the sooner you can get to the place, the sooner I can get to the place, do not pay attention to every word people say. Sometimes I'll read something on social media about me or C3, or sometimes somebody will send an email. It's really just one person. Their name is Anonymous. I've never met them, don't know where they live, but Anonymous sends emails quite often. And, and you know what I've learned to do, especially if it's from an anonymous person? Do not pay attention to every word people say. Consider the source. Evaluate it for truth. Because you and I, as long as we're a student, everybody's a teacher. And you become better and I become better, even when we're willing to even learn from people that we don't necessarily like or wouldn't necessarily hang out with. Is there anything in that that's true that God could show me? I'm going to consider the source. It's not going to have as much weight in my life as someone who knows me well, especially if the person saying it doesn't even really know you. But still, is there something that without them even knowing or even recognizing that God could be allowing to be communicated to you that you need to grab onto and pay attention to? Do not pay attention to every word people say. It's all the rage to be outraged all the time. If I were to put a picture on Instagram, I, I don't care for the Chihuahua, but I love Angie, so I love the Chihuahua. I tell myself that every day. But, but we have two Mastiffs, an English Mastiff and an Italian Mastiff. And if I were to put a picture up of the Mastiffs and say, man, I, I love these dogs, somebody might write, why do you hate cats? I never said I hate cats. Do not pay attention to every word people say. And here's what happens. When we get offended easily, that thing happens inside and it starts to build up. And, and we start to feel the stress and the tension. We start to feel the anger that can sometimes turn to rage. And by the way, remember this. As we're in a political season, there's an election coming in a few months. If you're a Christ follower, we represent Jesus, not a political party. The biggest goal of our lives is to help people know Jesus, not a donkey or an elephant. And so while that's important, man, how you function in these times is going to earn you the credibility to speak into someone's life if you're kind to them, or it's going to rip away any influence you could ever potentially have in their lives. But as that builds up, and you almost feel your blood pressure rising, maybe we sort of have kind of a spiritual blood pressure as well. Mercy is the spiritual blood pressure pill. Mercy is what I can take that will de-escalate, calm me down, and help me understand, okay, okay, God has forgiven me for a lot. 
That's their perspective. Even beyond that, they are deeply loved by God, and it will bring more harmony to your life. It will help you be calmer in difficult situations, and you will be less offended. And when you're less offended, people that like you like being around you more. Proverbs 29 says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Did you know that this is, got, this is a secret? Don't tell anybody. Did you know stupid people can seem very wise when they shut up? Did you know sometimes the less you say, the smarter you look? A fool gives full vent to his spirit. Oh, they said this, or they said that, or you, you won't believe I heard they were talking about me. You won't believe what they wrote on, on Instagram. Let it go. You don't have to unleash everything you think in that moment. Every single thing we say should be true, but not everything that's true should be said. A fool gives vent to his spirit, but a wise man holds it back. Which, by the way, takes greater strength. If you feel like you have to respond to everything you see and hear, not a very strong person. If you've got to jump in the ring and verbally spar with everybody that calls out something you disagree with, you're not a very strong person. The weakest person in the world can do that. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. So how do we show mercy? Be a help to those who are hurting. Be kind to those who haven't been kind. Show kindness to those who are offensive. Let me give you one more. Be patient with the annoying habits of others because you get what you give. The greatest place we can show mercy and see the greatest impact is at home. Where we see the most benefit is at home. Because the people you live with, the people are, are the people you spend the most time with. And the people you spend the most time with have those predictable habits and those things that will be annoying to you. But here's what we tend to forget. You're also annoying to them. And when we choose to just let the, the, the stuff that just sort of annoys us, let it go. Be bigger than that. Be more mature than that. Ephesians chapter 4 says, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And by the way, what you see as somebody's fault, just because it annoys you doesn't mean it's annoying. It may just be you. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So if there's some habit, something that someone does, that, that it's, not, it's not a right or wrong thing, it's not hurting anybody, it's just something that kind of annoys you, let it go. Watch Frozen 12 times a day if you have to. Let it go. It's not that big a deal. It's not worth getting upset over. And by the way, switch your brain and maybe enter an exercise where you begin to wonder, I wonder what I do that could be annoying to them. And you work on you and you let God work on them. And it brings a lot more harmony. So those are four ways we can this week, Monday through Friday, Saturday, show mercy in our lives. But let me give you a bonus, just a bonus one, because this is going to help you. And not only will it help you do it, but you and I are going to need this on different occasions in our lives. How can I show mercy? Here's the bonus one. Become the number one fan of second chances. Because you get what you give. And there are going to be moments in life that you need a second chance. We all blow it, we all mess up, we all trip up, we all fall down. You want to be the kind of person that when someone falls down, you're there to help them pick up. You and I want to be the kind of people, C3 is the kind of church, man, we give standing ovations to people that are getting back up, and we want to make it easier for them to do that because they know us. We don't want to be judgmental, we don't want to be hateful, we're all broken, we all mess up. And, and so become a number one fan of second chances. 
Just because somebody has a bad moment, it doesn't have to create bad momentum in their lives. Just because somebody blows it, listen, you're not defined and I'm not defined by our worst moments. We all have them. We all have things that we're ashamed of. We all have moments we look back and there's that cringe factor of, oh, I can't believe I did that. Can't believe I said that. Can't believe I went there. What, what, what was I thinking? And some of them, you hope nobody ever finds out, become the number one fan of second chances. And if you need a second chance or another second chance, hey, understand that even God knows you can't go back in time. It's about what you do from this moment moving forward. Lamentations chapter 3 says, the faithful, love the, Lord, the, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. What if you became known like that? And that person, they show mercy all the time. That, that's just who they are. Man, the way they love people, it never ends. There's nothing you could do. They just, they just love in such a compelling way. It's rare, and I've never seen anything like it. How would that impact your sphere of influence? And it's important because when we're not showing mercy, we're not extending mercy to other people, we tend to create a lot of enemies. And we will never help our enemies come to Jesus, only our friends. So the more mercy we can show and the more relationships we can build and the more people can know we genuinely, authentically care about you, the greater opportunity we have to help them meet Jesus because he's the one that can absolutely change their lives. So remember this week, you get what you give. What do you want this week in your home? What do you want in your marriage? What, what do you want with your coworkers? You get what you give. And maybe today as you hear all that, you think, I don't know that I could ever do it. The only way it's possible is when Jesus is in your life. And so maybe this morning, the greatest need of your life is, is to commit your life to Christ. I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer. If you'd bow your heads, close your eyes, and if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus, have your sins forgiven, but have the Spirit of God living inside you to help you live the life God created you to live, to help you be the man or the woman God created you to be, to help you be the husband, the father, the wife, the mother that you want to be, the kind of friend you dream of being, you just pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life, forgive my sin, and help me to live for you. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I would love to know that. If you just shoot me a text, the number's going to be on the bottom of the screen. Man, let me know. I would love to be able to pray for you by name. Just shoot me a text with your first name on it. And today I'll be able to pray for you by name. Throughout the rest of the week, I'll be able to pray for you by name. And I just want to say to you, man, welcome to the family of God. We're excited that you're a part of what God's doing on earth, and we're excited to connect with you. So shoot me the text, just your first name, to 407-487-8311. Hey, I hope you have an amazing week. Those of you that are part of C3, thank you for your investment in C3. The way you give to C3, man, you are resourcing us to be a help to the community. You're helping us be strong to help others be strong in these challenging days. And you're putting us in a position to be strong even coming out of this as we all begin to come out of what's taking place with the pandemic in our culture to be able to continue to help people because that is our mission, connecting communities with Christ. And we want people to know, man, God loves you and we love you. And so if you'd like to invest in C3 today, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977 or you can go to the safe and secure website, givec3.cc. Thank you. Every time you invest in C3, 
You are investing in life change. You're forever connected with people who've committed their lives to Christ, the marriages that have been restored, the people who found purpose in life, on and on it goes. You're forever connected because of your investment. And if there's a way I can be praying for you this week, something you're walking through, I would love to do that. Just shoot me an email at hello at c3church.cc. Hello at c3church.cc. Have an amazing week. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.